It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with you until 11 o'clock today on the final weekend of Big Ten basketball regular season. Illinois, of course, plays Iowa tomorrow night at the State Farm Center in Champaign. Josh Whitman looks for a new women's basketball coach with the retirement yesterday of Nancy Fay. Illinois State hires a former Illini staff member as its new head basketball coach. In high school basketball sectional final basketball action last night, Monticello moves to the Elite Eight with a win, while Tuscola goes down on a double overtime buzzer beater. We'll cover those stories, talk basketball recruiting, and more, and take your calls from now until 11 right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Mr. Tate, how are you this morning? Doing good. Lots of stuff going on. Dave Leak is our producer today. I learned from Dave when I came in. Today is um, multi-personality day, so you're in good shape there. Whichever <laughs> one of your personalities comes out, <laughs> we'll be prepared okay. for that. We've got the phone lines open. I can't open. wait to find out. <laughs> it's, it's a surprise to you every day, right? That makes it interesting. You don't get as bored that way. And uh, Mike Kuhn will join us coming up. Plenty to talk to Mike about. Other scheduled guests are Kedrick Prince. We'll talk basketball recruiting with him. Steve Batterson, who covers the Iowa Hawkeyes for the Quad City Times, will join us to talk about that matchup. Outside of Wisconsin, there's not a hotter team in base or in. Uh, Big Ten basketball, maybe college basketball, than Iowa. Did you see in the last seven games, they're, they've the last eight games they've had 700 points. <laughs> they're, they're a high-scoring team, well up in the 80s. 88 a game. Yeah, way up there. And they've won eight of their last nine and six straight. So they're coming in hot. They have a chance to, to nab that number four seed if they could pull the win and uh, some other things happen in the um, – last weekend. Only one game on the Big Ten schedule today. That's Indiana at Purdue at 1 o'clock. The other uh, teams are in action all day long tomorrow, beginning at 11, and a couple of games tomorrow night at 6.30. Then we'll have all the seating done, and uh, we'll get set for next week's Big Ten tournament. You realize that this will be the third year in a row that Illinois finished. First year, they, they finished one game out of first place. And then they finished, I don't know what you call it, an universal tie last year. Right. And this year they're going to finish second no matter what. I mean, they, at the worst, they're going to finish the second. Could finish in a tie with Purdue. Right. It's possible. Purdue's got to beat Indiana, and I think they will at home, at Purdue's at home. Yes. And, of course, the Iowa game tomorrow night at 6.30, and uh, that'll be a big one. Also, uh, Jim Benson will join us from the Panagraph over in Bloomington. We had... Uh, I talked to him earlier this week to uh, talk about the search for the ISU men's basketball coach, and that search came to an end yesterday. When well, that's quick, wasn't it? They, it was when uh, they named Ryan Peden, who served as special assistant to John Gross for three years on the Illinois staff, and he's part of that Ohio State Butler uh, group of coaches. He'd been with uh, the Ohio State coach Chris Holtman for the last five years, and he is the new head man of the Illinois State Redbirds, so we'll talk to Jim Benson about that. In the meantime, we'll take your calls. 
217-356-9397. So a lot going on. Last night, uh, we mentioned uh, the uh, high school action, Monticello, Good news for them, 51-46 and 2A. That's 31 wins now in the season, I believe, for the uh, Sages. And uh, they beat El Paso Gridley to move into the Elite Eight. You say they play Bloomington Central Catholic. Yeah, and and I've said it probably a dozen times on this show that their defense has just carried them game after game after game. And and it's amazing how quickly, how how they're, they're not particularly tall. Um, but they they guard like the devil and and they they recover quickly and they just uh, they don't give up many easy shots. I went to the PBL game last week, Steve, mm-hmm. and the PBL got one basket in the first quarter and one basket in the second quarter, and they were, it was twenty seven to five at the half. Wow! <laughs> and so that was defense. I mean, that was all about defense, and that's what uh, now they play a, a Bloomington Catholic uh, team that they defeated earlier, but uh, now they got to do it again. Offense is fun. Defense wins games. Yeah, they play Monday. And then, Steve, we learned um, in talking to Mike Kuhn this morning, we're going to talk to him a little later, that they play all Division uh, 1 and 2 on Thursday, and then Friday is all 3 and 4. So it's semifinals and then a consolation at night. Semifinals in the afternoon, consolation at night, both days. And then, of course, there'll be the finals on uh, Saturday. High-scoring game in the 1A sectional final as uh, Meridian beat Tuscola double overtime, 82-79. And uh, Tuscola suffered uh, being on the short end of a couple of buzzer beaters, one at the end of one overtime and one at the end of the game. 60 feet? 60 you, feet. you realize how long 60 feet is for? I mean, it, at, at, a, at a college can, uh, a college court Mid court is forty five feet. Mm-hmm. That's fifteen feet beyond the the the, the center line of a, of a court. major college, and and all of these um, high school courts are not exactly the same. I saw one uh, two nights ago that was uh, that was that the half court was it wasn't it wasn't a full ninety feet. Graham Meisenhelter is the player that hit uh, both of those. Yeah. One was the step back three. Uh, when you're to, hot, you're hot. To huh? keep it going. And the other was just a 60-footer. You couldn't foul. You know, there's only like no. two seconds left in the game, so no. you had to let him at least get a shot off. And normally you oh, take your chances with that. There's no defense for that. No doubt. Uh, 82-79 was the final in double overtime. Couple Good of game other. for Quinn, his last game for, uh, for Tuscola. Mm-hmm. He's heading off to uh, Loyola. Ty Rogers' high school season came to an end last night as uh, Thornton lost to Lamont 56-49. Yep. You saw Ty play earlier in the week. Yeah, I saw him play in the semifinal there, and uh, they won easily over Kankakee 60-something to 40-something and and uh, really coasted through that game. He only had nine points in the game, and he hasn't been scoring an awful lot. Boy, he's a good player otherwise as far as rebounding, passing. You know, he can penetrate. He's a good teammate. He can jump like the devil, um, but he's not scoring much, and and it doesn't sound like you know they're they're they were held in the forties in this game. So that's I don't know what to think. Well, he's coming here next year. We know that, so we'll see how that goes. And in four A, Kenwood beat St. Rita. St. Rita has that sophomore um, verbal commit to Illinois, Johnson, Merez Johnson. He had sixteen points, eleven rebounds in uh, that game last night. So. Um, their season is over, so the uh, Elite Eight games are coming up on Monday night, and the uh, state championships back at the State Farm Center in Champaign next week, going on the same time as the Big Ten tournament. 
A lot to be decided yet on how that plays out as well. Some other scores here and notes before we take our first time out. Illinois baseball dropped a 6-1 uh, to decision to 12th-ranked Notre Dame last night in um, Minneapolis. So the Illini 2-5 and five on the season now. They'll play in Minneapolis again today against West Virginia this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Softball team playing in Louisville beat the Cardinals 8 to nothing last night. They'll play two more times today in the Derby City. The baseball team, by the way, got their nine players back who had been on suspension for the first two trips. This is their third trip of the season. They've gone up to the indoor facility in Minneapolis. And Janice and the other players are back. Janice got to hit his first time up. He led the Big Ten in hitting last year, but he only went one for five in the ball game. And uh, at least they got their their squad back together. Just scary. Uh, the, the scary thing, uh, as far as the season's concerned, is how good's the pitching, and that, that'll be the determining factor. Illinois tennis. Brad Dancer's team playing two of the top five teams in the country this weekend. They they lost to number four Baylor last night at home, four to one. They won the doubles point and then. Uh, Lost the singles matches, so four to one. They're three and seven on the season. They'll play UIC today at noon, and then number one Ooh. TCU this afternoon at five o'clock. Can't complain about his schedule. No. He gets a lot of good teams. Boy, oh boy, you better be good when you play them. Women's tennis lost on the road at Kansas for nothing. Women's tennis team is uh, seven and four on the season. The Big Ten wrestling championships are getting underway today and tomorrow out in Lincoln at noon today, so a lot uh, going on there. Those are some of the uh, scores and highlights from last night. Plenty of things to talk about. You know, I don't know if you realize this, but 33 years ago today, you and I were in the same place. Ed Baum was there, too, in Bloomington, Indiana, when Nick Anderson hit the shot. Was that 33? It was actually 33 years to yesterday's date, but it was a Saturday, so it was this weekend, mm-hmm. so yeah, when he hit that uh, that uh, shot, <laughs> yeah, we do have that on on audio. If you forget what it sounds like, we'll dig it up. But uh, it uh, that was I just came across that, and uh, I was at Channel Three at the time, sitting uh, on the baseline right under the basket when that shot came. Were you? Uh, with, uh, I wasn't shooting it, but I was there with my camera guy, and uh, it was good stuff. So those are some of the headlines today. What's on your mind? A couple of early texts. Uh, one uh, texter wants to know, where does Illinois women's basketball go from here? Well, That's a good question. Uh, we won't know the answer to that till it goes, because Josh Whitman apparently is not going to say much while he uh, conducts that search. I would think this would be pretty much a one-man search committee, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. He'll get help, but, I mean, Josh is going to make that decision. He made the former decision and, and brought a, a young lady that uh, had been with him at Washington in St. Louis mm-hmm. and and she'd been tremendously successful there. And uh, now she's, uh, I don't know if she will continue to coach or not. I'm not sure what happens uh, at this point for her. She says she's looking forward to whatever is next in her life. She won 779 games and five national titles in her career, 36-year career, Nancy Fay stepping aside. And uh, Corey Irvin will be the interim coach while Josh Whitman makes a uh, what he calls a national search for her successor here at the U of I on the women's sideline. Another text, there's a player who is Marcus Liberty's nephew, Javon Freeman Liberty, who is going to leave DePaul and transfer. And a texter asks, is he in 
the crosshairs or the sights at all of the Illinois coaching staff. I don't know the answer to that, but uh, well, I wouldn't think so. I mean, I, they're, they're, they're I don't know how good a player is. He's got some good numbers for DePaul, but mm-hmm. but he's already said that uh, he will not be back there. Another text: uh, the Illini with the best Big Ten record over the last three seasons, and only one Big Ten tourney title and one Big Dance win. Uh, to no, to uh, show for it so far. I don't know what his point is, but dot, dot, dot well, after that. Hard to, you know, yeah. they, the, the year before, there wasn't any tournament. Right. So, so uh, you know, they've had one win in the one year that they were able to go. I mean, and now this year, we'll see. Illinois, I've still mentioned a lot as a, a number four seed in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. That's where I see them the most right now. Mm-hmm. If they win the Big Ten tournament, that could change that. Although by Sunday, the, those seeds are pretty well set. I will say to you that it does not matter after the first game. You the 32 teams that are left in that tournament. When you when you get, uh, I mean, Steve, it's just going to be. There's a lot of good teams. Anybody no of those team. 32 can win. I mean, there's. It'll be a toss up. One game after another, we saw what happened on the road. We know what – I mean, I had this other number in my head. Um, the, the nine teams that could go to the NCAA tournament from the Big Ten, that includes Michigan and Rutgers mm-hmm. and Indiana, which all of them may not make it. The nine teams are 47 and 50 on the road. 47 and 50. Remember, all the games now are going to be played away from home. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's good news different, for different officials, different uh, venues, different fan alignments. You know, you'll have some of your fans, but you'll have also they'll be divided. That might be good news for Illinois because yeah, they're uh, playing as well on the road as anybody. Two home losses and one near loss the other night at home. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe yeah. maybe that'll work out for them. But one big home game tomorrow night, and that's uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes come in here as. Hot as a firecracker, and that's 6.30 start. We'll talk more about that as we move along. Take your calls and much more. It's moving up on uh, 9.14. We'll take our first time out. We'll get Mike Kuhn on the line and talk about uh, the women's basketball situation here. Of course, you know he does the play-by-play and has for several years on that. We'll also talk about the high school state tournament coming back to Champaign and his he and Ma, and Lauren's Monticello Sages with a shot to uh, come to Champaign. All that and more coming up next on Illini Palace Saturday Sports Talk. Stay with us. It is 9-17, Illini Palace Saturday Sports Talk. On a beautiful, sunny Saturday, March the 5th, we've got 59 degrees. Sunshine, a little breezy out there in central Illinois today. We welcome to the program our friend Mike Kuhn, who wears many hats around uh, central Illinois these days, including a play-by-play voice of the Illini women's basketball program and working uh, with the uh, IHSA as well on the uh, state tournament. Several things to talk to Michael about. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you. Let's start with high school basketball since uh, you're fired up this morning about uh, your Sages, your Monticello Sages. Another nice defensive win, 51-46 over El Paso Gridley. Tell us more about this ball club that's now over 30 wins on the season. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they have really held their hat on the defensive effort. They've held many teams under 30. I mean, they, this is probably the best team that they played all year last night. El Paso Gridley only had two losses on the year. One of them was to Metamora. One of them was to Sacred Heart Griffin. And both both of those teams are in the 3A super sectional. So this was a really good team. But uh, uh, Monticello is just its a hero, different hero every night. Uh, Tanner Bennekamper had uh, the big first half, actually led Monticello in scoring with 13 points, but got in foul trouble in the second half. 
and didn't play in most of the second half. And then uh, it was uh, Trevor Fox that really had the big second half for, for Monticello. And, uh, and, of course, Ben Cressup, who's been their leading scorer all year at the point guard, he is unflappable uh, offensively and defensively. They get their hands in passing lanes. And in both sectional games this week, uh, Monticello pulled away uh, because they made – uh, they forced turnovers and got uh, baskets on the other end, and so they forced the other team to make mistakes. and And Monticello made very few. Uh, they did have one turnover on a on a uh, full court press late in the game, but uh, you know they, this team is steady. They don't fold in in terms of adversity. It's it's five players that anybody could lead them in scoring on any given day, and it's the reason that they're thirty one and three. Uh, did you have any idea, you know, let's say looking back a year or two, that uh, Monticello would ha- that this would culminate in this uh, fashion this year? Well, you never know that you're going to be 31 and three, but uh, you sort of a gauge of success uh, of what you do in the uh, in the junior high level. Uh, this team made it to state in junior high in seventh grade, and so you know, sometimes that's a gauge. Uh, the ISA is not uh, a full state tournament that, you know, it's basically the midsection of Illinois is the IESA. Uh, but so you kind of knew, and, and these, there, there's, there are seven seniors on this team that were all, were all on that team. They played together for a long time. And, uh, you know, Monticello had a similar situation this year where they uh, had a, a junior high team that finished second in the state. So they've got another group that's coming up. And uh, so, you know, hopefully they can can repeat what this team has done. It's been uh, what five years since they were at the state tournament uh, in 2017 with a very similar group. Well, um, Monticello is the only team from this entire area that's still alive in the, uh, I guess I'd say in, in the News Gazette uh, circulation area that's still right. alive uh, with Tuscola going down. So we'll see what happens there. Now, explain the uh, state tournament uh, that Monticello will play Monday against Bloomington Central Catholic. The winner of that game will be the 2A uh, uh, semifinalist, so they'll be one of four teams uh, going to the state on Thursday. Is that correct? That's correct. So the Monticello Bloomington Central Catholic winner would play the winner of Rockford Lutheran and Rockridge at 2.30 on uh, Thursday afternoon. It's the first of two semifinals, 2A. The 1A semifinals are start at 10 o'clock. And then 2A semifinals start at 2.30. And then the third-place games are that evening. And then we repeat the same uh, format for 3A and 4A on Friday with the four championship games on Saturday. Well, okay. The, the one complaint then everybody's got is that we've got nothing but uh, uh, consolation games on, on Friday night and, and Thursday night. Is that right? That is correct. That uh, is correct. Is there any way around that uh, that you can see? Is that – I mean, obviously <laughs> – People put their brains to to work on this, and this is what they came up with. I, I don't have an answer, but it sure is unfortunate that Friday night, when everybody you know considers that to be the the night of high school basketball uh, forever, uh, that, that we gotta have consolation games. Yeah, you know the the only and there, there are a lot of factors that go into that. This is the first year that the IHSA has implemented a um, all every. Uh, a tournament on the same weekend. So I'm sure that they're open to tweaks. You know, if I had to put my personal hat on it, I would have played right now it's six games, Thursday, six games, Friday, four games on Saturday. I would have played four 
semifinals on Thursday. So you have the 1A, 2A, so the 2A games would be Thursday night. Play the third-place games on Friday morning and then play 3A in the afternoon on Friday and 4A in the evening on Friday and then play those third-place games on Saturday morning and then still have an opportunity to play your championship games. But they uh, also there's the uh, country companies, country financial, third play, third uh, three-point shootout that is Saturday morning, and I know that uh, that's important to them. So, you know, I would I would guess the IHSA is open to some tweaks on that. Uh, this is uh, with the first year being in Champaign and the first year being uh, all in one weekend. Uh, there'll be some there'll be some some feedback that that happens. I don't know if uh, if there'll be a change next year, but certainly that that's the one downside to this format. Talking to Mike Kuhn. We have a text uh, here about uh, asking, do they still put the high school brackets in the uh, newspaper? The answer is yes. They're working on a big special um, presentation for the high school tournament. So you'll see all that coming up uh, in the days ahead before the uh, start of the high school state championships at State Farm Center. Let's turn to the uh, Nancy Fay retirement. Uh, Your thoughts on that? And as play-by-play guy, you uh, have a little better handle on uh, who might be available out there. But where does Josh Whitman turn now? Just tackle those sto- those uh, two items there, Mike, if you would. Well, I mean, I think the landscape has really changed over the last five years since Nancy Fay has been here. Uh, we there's, there's talk a lot about uh, the NIL and uh, how that has really you know helped the big. Uh, sport athletes, football and men's basketball, but I believe that women's sports have the most to gain in terms of NIL. I mean, I'll give you, for instance, uh, last year at the in college basketball, the player with the most social media followers of any college basketball player was Paige Becker's uh, women's basketball player at UConn. So I think, you know, finding somebody that um, can help build a brand, if you will, uh, both for Illinois and to help, um, you know, make it a place that individual athletes can build their brand, I think is it's a factor that we would not have considered uh, five years ago. So, you know, we've over the last 15 years, we've had three coaches that have each lasted five and they've been from three different areas. Right. So you've had Jolette Law, who was a top assistant for C. Vivian Stringer, great recruiter. We had Matt Bolant, who was a very successful at the mid-major level at Green Bay, and then we've, you know, we had Nancy Fay, who was a Hall of Fame coach, and, you know, by far the best coach in the history of Division Three. Um, and we haven't, you know, haven't really moved the needle over the last 15 years. And so, you know, in terms of where you go, um, you know, I've got some thoughts in terms of, uh, you know, people that that I think would be good fits here. But uh, I, I think somebody with it's handled Division One, whether it's a, as a top assistant or as a head coach, maybe somebody that's been an assistant um, at the uh, Power Five level and maybe had some success also um, at maybe the mid-major level would be a good fit here. Um, you know, the Big Ten, you know, they've, they've got with Big Ten Network and, and games on FS1 and ESPN and ESPN2, they, they're in a good point uh, from a TV standpoint and – and they've got some, some money that you know is going to roll in on the next TV contract to be able to really pay well the next women's basketball coach. Well, you worked five years with uh, Nancy Fay here on a day-to-day basis. And uh, 
it was just a tough uh, thing for her to just not be able to get that turned around. They never had more than uh, two Big Ten wins in, in any given season. So it was a tough situation, and uh, uh, I guess maybe the timing was right for something like that to happen, but uh, I'm sure she was a, a class act to work with. No doubt. Uh, you know, as you know, sometimes in this day and age, coaches are – uh, they're reluctant to let media types in the inner circle, and certainly as a as the play-by-play voice of the team, I get to travel, so I have a, an an extra inside look on that. But I, you know, I was, um, it was she was a delight to work for. Uh, you can tell why she was successful at Washington University uh, in terms of her coaching philosophy, and uh, you know, I had. Several good sessions when I would go in to tape the the pregame interview with her. Um, you know, it wasn't come in, get your four minutes, and and see you later. Uh, you know, we had some good conversations, and uh, she was always uh, willing to kind of give you the insight on what was happening with the program, which I think is not always the case with head coaches. Well, I think it goes right back to recruiting, and and what would you say about Illinois recruiting and the and the the possibility? I know you mentioned the NIL, but what what do you think about Illinois' ability to shake this uh, inability to bring in the top athletes from the state? Well, Lauren, I this is my philosophy here. If you it, it is like going up, uh, if your driveway was on an incline and it had ice on it, you have to really back up and gun it to get up the hill. And so, it's critical to get over the hump because. Right now, you've got Caitlin Clark and Monica Sinano coming back at Iowa. You've got Grace Berger coming back at Indiana. You've got a really good nucleus at Ohio State. I mean, uh, if you go around recruiting all these players um, from this area, you've got Notre Dame, Iowa, Michigan. That's where players are going right now. So I think it takes a coach that, you know, with the transfer portal, you have an opportunity to perhaps bring in two or three players from perhaps the school that you're at or, you know, wherever your connections are around the country. And I think it takes getting that first class, uh, whether it be freshmen or transfers, uh, get several that can, can really take that big leap up in, in year one or two that can, that again, help your recruiting. And, and that was something that we just weren't able to do in the first couple of years under Coach Faye. Well, speaking of roster uh, formation and development. What does it look like now? Again, it's a long way off between now and the time that uh, players will report and such, but and you don't know who's going to stay, who's going to go and such. Right. But how do you feel about uh, the Illinois roster with the people that could come back? Well, you know, actually, I feel pretty good. You know, the the one area that has been, you know, I don't know why we haven't been able to get the real strong post-five uh, we've had a couple players along the way that I think would have been really good threes and fours that had to play five because we haven't had the five. And I and the two that come into mind would be Alex Winninger and uh, Charisma Penn. Um, and so I think we're kind of in that situation now. But the, the, what what I took from the Big Ten tournament, and I mentioned it on the air on, on Friday night when it was obvious that uh, Illinois wasn't going to win, the two leading scorers were two freshmen. I think Adelia McKenzie is going to be tremendous. She was Miss Basketball in Minnesota a year ago. It's taken her a little while um, to kind of get going, but as a freshman, that's expected. Um, Jayla Odin, the other freshman who is going to step into the point guard spot, I feel really good about her. 
she's had some health issues uh, that really slowed her down early this year. Um, and then the other three players are sophomores. Kendall Bostic, who led the Big Ten in rebounding. Uh, Ali and I maybe didn't have the consistent year from three, but I think part of the reason was that you know teams schemed against her and we just didn't have an answer when, when teams were able to shut her down. But we've seen... You know, uh, she was five of six from three-point range against Wisconsin on uh, Wednesday night. And then uh, Erica Porter has had a breakout last few games, and she's a sophomore. So those are uh, three sophomores and two freshmen that, uh, you know, if, uh, you know, hopefully they stick around. They could be a nucleus to be, uh, you know, something really special here at Illinois if we can get the other pieces with them. Uh, that'll be the selling job of the new coach to sell those players to stay. Much like Bielema, when he came in, he sold those players to come back. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we had three seniors, and they were all you know transfers, and that's you know that's sort of the the way of the game. Now, Kendall Bostic is a transfer. She came from Michigan State, so uh, and she did pretty good research, to, you know, from an academic standpoint and a basketball standpoint, where she wanted to go, and she's from Kokomo, Indiana, so she's she's already transferred in and so hopefully um, you know we can we can retain her when the new coach comes in because uh, you know she's a really really special player that's mike coon we appreciate your time michael good stuff absolutely thanks mike it is 931 okay. on i saturday sports talk we'll take a time out we'll talk some illinois basketball recruiting with kedrick prince from IlliniGuys.com. coming up in about 30 minutes we'll announce this week's winner of the game day spirit 50 dollars gift card Tell you about some exciting uh, things going on at Game Day Spirit as well. Right now, a break and back after this. Stay with us. This is Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. We're chugging along here on this Saturday morning until 11 o'clock. 9.35 is the time right now. Phone line is open all morning long, even when we have guests on. 217-356-9397. If you would like to join us, going to talk some more Illinois Big Ten basketball, some basketball recruiting as well. Our friend Kedrick Prince from the Quad City area is on the line with us. Ked, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you this morning? We're chugging along. A lot going on. It's an exciting time, isn't it? Once you, once you uh, turn that uh, calendar to March, it gets a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Basketball, the weather. The Quad City is going to be 74 degrees today, I think. Making some tornado warnings, but <laughs> you get that along with the great, the great basketball, too, and spring football coming up. So, yep, a lot going on right now. Let's go back earlier in the week to a recruiting item. Uh, Kylan Boswell picked, maybe not surprisingly, Arizona, but Illinois was in the mix on that. And I know you were close to that situation and uh, knew the family pretty well. Just kind of sum up that after you've had a few days to think about it. Well, Steve, if you don't mind, I'd like to take a quick 15 seconds to thank, you know, Mike Coon, uh, Coach Nancy Fahey. He made a comment to you guys about, like, how she is with certain media. And I have to be honest with you guys, off the air, off record, she was professional to me that woman was great to me and i hope you know things turn out well for her and and the staff and moving forward so i just want to let people know you know sometimes you get coaches who are willing to work with media and i'm gonna tell you her staff all of them they're all first class so i just want to throw that out there and, and good luck to, to coach nancy um but to answer your question that was a really really weird situation with kylan boswell um, I think at one point in time, Illinois was out of the picture. They just were out of it. Then, you know, Coach Jeff Alexander 
I mean, he worked hard. I mean, he worked hard. I've known him, you know, and we've talked a lot, you know, um, and the entire coaching staff, I don't think I've seen them put as much effort into one kid as I did with this one. This kid was special to them. And then, and I think when the family saw how important, you know, he was as a recruit for them, um, I think it was a surprise to the Boswell family. Because when they were here, the basketball league, when he was in eighth grade, basketball wasn't great here at at the time. So it kind of soured them. But what Coach Underwood has done and the fans, and it turned things around. They were they were interested again. Illinois is a top program. They're on TV a lot. And, you know, when you see, when people say being ranked doesn't matter and, and media doesn't matter, when you turn on ESPN or Big Ten Network, whatever, you know, sports news channel you follow, when you talk about the seedings and you see the top 20 teams, you're going to see that orange eye go across it. That kind of stuff mattered to the Boswell because one comment he made to me was, kid i can't go wrong because both teams are top 25 programs and they have both coaches and great fan bases i personally think when i at the end of the day he told me it came down to him knowing you know tommy lloyd longer than brad underwood that's what this was all about and a lot of people thought it was over early it wasn't i talked to that dad he was like you know they cut the social media off but illinois was still in the hunt for a long long time well you know uh, tommy lloyd impressed me when he was here and they they beat Illinois in a really good game. Uh, as a guy that uh, the players would really like, I mean, he seemed to be so, he's the kind of guy that the players would like to play for. I mean, he lets them run, he, he, he lets them play, and he was he was very calm on the bench, I thought, you know, on a, on a foreign court where uh, maybe the officiating didn't go the way he wanted it, and yet he wasn't, he, he, was, he was pretty relaxed. I think uh, I think Arizona's got a winner there. I think they got a guy that's going to be hard to hold. In fact, he's going to be hard to hold this season, in the next month. He's got as good a chance to win the championship as anybody else, don't you think? I agree, and you know I've been saying this. You know, obviously I cover Illinois, but I've been saying this for anybody who listens to me, any podcast, radio shows I've been on. Uh, Arizona to me is the team that I that scares me more than anybody in the country, just because of things that you said. They have the total package. They have everything. When you talk about teams that can do it all, they have great inside depth. They have a good foreman. They have good, great shooters. They have an NBA prospect on the roster. You know, Tommy's done a great job, but it's easy when you have great talent to be that way. I think he has a lot of Matt Painter's demeanor on the sideline because when I sit at press row with you guys, I kind of sit to the left side, so I hear more of the opposing coaches. And you're right, Lauren, he has a really good demeanor, and um, I think he's going to turn around. Just like, you know, you know, considering that they were on probation or what happened with them, that I think they're going to I think they're going to be fine. I think he is a good coach. But to me, I think they're a dangerous team on a neutral court. I just really, really I, I like what they have to offer. And if you look at college basketball, to me, there's only so many teams that I think that can do that. Illinois is one of them. They haven't played like that, but they, they're just they're like Purdue from a talent standpoint and, and Arizona, but Arizona's playing like you Illinois know, is kind of you know struggling a little bit. Well, I know you're looking forward to this game as we all are tomorrow night, but Iowa comes in, one of the hottest teams in the Big Ten, if not the country, and scoring 88 points a game over their last eight or nine ball games and uh, and you're out there in the middle of all that in the Quad Cities. It should be a good one. Yeah, you know what? I'm expecting a good game. And um, the other night, I think I heard somebody from one of the Penn State coaches say, I heard Ohio State staff say, they think the most dangerous team, the most dangerous teams in, in 
what they're seeing right now, a lot of the coaches and a lot of the other media guys that I talk to, they will tell you they think it's Illinois, but the team that the, nobody wants to play right now is Iowa. And nobody wants to play. Illinois is dangerous because, you, you know, you got a seven-foot, you know, man-child down there in the post that nobody wants to deal with. But then when Illinois is making shots, you can't guard them. Now Iowa is clicking because they have a, a first-team All-American, a future lottery pick, and his brother is, you know, from my understanding, starting to come up on the radar for the 2023 draft. They're shooting it well. When uh, there was a stretch of probably – 10, 15 games, Jordan Bohannon wasn't even playing. He was a non-factor. If Illinois plays the way they played against Penn State, and I know Penn State has their own style of play, they could be in trouble tomorrow if they don't play one of their better games. They cannot come out and lay a goose egg and think this is the same Iowa team that they played before. In this area, I get to watch them all the time, and I read everything that goes on. And they are playing well. They really, truly are playing well. And Yes, it's senior day tomorrow for Illinois, but if you don't think Iowa's going to want to come here and ruin that, giving, I think Illinois beat them three straight times now, I believe, and the history of the rivalry, this is going to be a highly contested game. And I'm glad it's prime time tomorrow because I expect a very good game. Iowa's not going to roll over. This is not going to be a 20-point blowout for Illinois tomorrow. If fans are thinking that, I think they're kidding themselves. And Iowa's got some motivation. They, there's still a shot for them to get that double bye if they can uh, get a win. And uh, so all the seeding things are yet to be determined tomorrow. So there's a lot more on the line for them, too. You know what? It's really weird how this seeding thing is still is still in the play with what's going on tomorrow because if Illinois loses, then, then Purdue, and then you got Iowa. And like I said to you, you know, with them and even Ohio State, it's just a really, really – it's been a good year in the Big Ten. A lot of people thought early on, and I'm sure you guys remember – the Big Ten was down, but yeah. from top to bottom, it was it was pretty good again. I mean, it really was. Maybe not as great as it was last year, but from top to bottom, you had to play every night. I mean, you look at Illinois just you know went through with Ruck, um, excuse me, with with, with um, Penn State, and you know I don't know how people Rutgers could finish top five in the league. And people said that they might not get in the tournament. I mean, it's just really weird how this may all pan out and play out. Yeah, there's there's more individual players, individual star players on these teams that have emerged. I mean, Murray emerged and Davis emerged at Wisconsin. I mean, we've seen guys just jump up from one season to the next, and and I think that's why you've seen uh, the conference, which was kind of considered down in December, certainly not as uh, comparable to the previous season when everybody thought the Big Ten was up and then they folded in the tournament. Now, this is kind of maybe this will be just the opposite. If, you know what to me, Lauren, is going to be about matchups. If you get the right matchups and the right seeds, I really hope that Illinois gets a three seed, a four seed. I'm not a fan of because then you got that Sweet 16 matchup with a possible first round uh, with the number one seed. I don't know if, they, if they'll get to that point, but to your point, um, the Big Ten is always because what you guys were just saying to you know earlier is. A national, it's a, it's a national brand. They're going to get recruits and they're going to get players. The players are going to get better. You mentioned Donnie Davis and King and Murray. I will tell you both right now, if you go look up a lot of draft nets, not a lot of them, but a few of them for the 2023 uh, draft boards, I'm going to tell you two names you're going to see on, on those boards is Coleman Hawkins and R.J. Melendez. And to your point, those are the kind of jumps that, like, Ivy had, Davis, and King and Murray. You know, so they look at what we look at and what the pros look at is totally different. 
You know, we see Coleman, if he's not making shots and, you know, RJ's not playing, doing something, they look at something different and they look up upside. And I think they think a lot of those kids have it. A lot of those two kids have it. So having said that, the league is always going to, you know, prosper because it's the Big Ten. It's great fan base. It's good athletic directors. It's good basketball. And, and, and they're going to recruit. And if Illinois wins that ball game, they're likely to get the uh, number two seed with an outside chance of the number one seed. And if they get that two seed, they would play in the first game of the uh, Friday night session over in Indianapolis against probably either Maryland or Michigan State, the way it stands right at this moment. But uh, that can change in, in the days ahead. Here's a question for you uh, that may be the question of the year. We've been asking it since midseason. Who's the Big Ten player of the year? I'm glad you asked me that, and I hope every beat writer out there who's listening to this great show at least take into what, consideration what I have to say with this one. Here's why I think it's Kofi. I think it's Kofi because, one, there's nobody like him in college basketball. He has – you have – teams have to literally put a humongous game plan together to stop him. You either double him with one person – I mean, excuse me, guard him one-on-one – Two people, send three people at him. Hopefully Illinois is going to shoot it. You know, if they're shooting it well, then you pick your poison. Like, they shot it great against Michigan uh, last Sunday. And I'm really sorry, he owned Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson is one of the best players in the Big Ten, and he wanted no part of Kofi. I'm not discrediting people. Like, I use Jay Nivey. I think Jay Nivey is an athletic player. He's not a – to me, he shouldn't be considered for Big Ten player of the year. He's on a great uh, a Purdue basketball team but he's not Keegan Murray. To me, it's a two-horse race between Keegan Murray, in my opinion, and Kofi Colburn. I think Zion Davis is good, but if you go back and look at the games where he really, really struggled, I mean, he really, really struggled. If Kofi struggles because he don't get 25 points or whatever the case may be. He doesn't shoot 25 shots. You know, I think he was 5 for 19 against Illinois. So my thing is with Kofi, because he is such a dominant player and he's been consistent out of all the guys that has been out there, and Keegan is probably their next guy. I just think sometimes people get hung up in the last games that they saw. Look at the total body of work. I mean, you guys know, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kofi may be the first guy to Illinois, I don't know how many years, since the 70s, or this had a player average a double-double in a game. I think people have taken him for granted. They've taken him for granted because he's been there for three years, and it's hard to say, let's do Keegan Murray because he's new, or let's do Johnny Davis because he's new. If Johnny Davis won it, it would be because he is, he, you know, because Wisconsin got to share the Big Ten title. But as far as matchups, as far as who you got to prepare for, it's Kofi. He's been consistent, you know, and he's been that way for two years. And I think people have gotten so comfortable they're taken for granted when it comes to these awards. We'll let you go with this real quick. Uh, a texter, Tom, in Bloomington asking, do you think uh, Illinois is done in the uh, 2022 class? Of course, Ty Rogers, Jaden Epps, and Sincere Harris Coming to town, you think they'll add to that? I do. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, the transfer portal, there may be other kids out there. There are kids out there that are going to be interested in Illinois because a lot can change when the season's over. You guys both know because you follow recruiting too. Kids leave, and that's a possibility. And so kids see different things, and with the rules the way they are now, I don't think it's going to be the same. And knowing what I know, but I can't say anything right now because I'm not 100% sure, I do think there'll be some changes, and I think there'll be some additions because, let's face it, Illinois is attractive. 
there in the tractor program now, and it's an easy sale, whether you're in-state or out-of-state. So I expect that roster to change just a little bit. I really and truly do with some really, really, really good talent. Always good to talk to you, Kedrick. We'll see you over here tomorrow. Thanks. That's right. Good. Have a good evening, fellas. Afternoon, fellas. You bet. That's Kedrick Prince, IlliniGuys.com. Worked in the Quad Cities. He uh, also uh, writes for the Rock Island Argus. A lot going on with Kedrick. 948. We'll take a break and be back with more Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. Welcome back to the program, everybody. With Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly. This is Saturday Sports Talk on WDWS Champaign-Urbana at 951. A lot of basketball to talk about, college and high school. We're going to go back to high school here for a few minutes as we welcome Ty Streets to the program. Ty, of course, the head coach at Thornton High School. Disappointing Lost last night to Lamont, 56-49. Good, but good morning, Ty, and we appreciate you taking time to visit with us. How you doing? Um, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing as good as I can, like you said, after that loss, but it was a good year. Thanks for having me on. No problem, and of course, we're interested in uh, how your team did and uh, so forth, and uh, with uh, express interest on uh, Ty Rogers and uh, what kind of player that uh, Brad Underwood will be getting down here. Tell us more about Ty. Obviously, he's a great kid, first of all, a great kid um, off the court to start off. Just such a humble kid. And I, I think he's the best player in the state, uh, maybe even the country, just to, what he does, how he impacts the game on the court. I mean, he's just amazing. He doesn't do it by just scoring. He does. He's the best defender in the state, and he just – and he facilitates, gets everybody – makes everybody better. And he just competes, and he's, he's going to be great for um, Illinois next year. So he's six seven, and some of the video I've seen of him, he, as you mentioned, he's a he's a outstanding defender and rebounder as well. What's the strength of his strength offensively? Is he a take it to the basket guy? Is he a pull up shooter? Or does he do it all? What What are your thoughts there? Well, I think I think he does it all. I mean, he, I mean, he doesn't like I said. I don't, I'm not saying he's LeBron. Don't get me wrong, but he's he, that's the mold he fits. Like he wants to keep keep everybody involved. He makes everybody better. He's just not going to try to go score thirty. He can do that. Sometimes I wish he would have done that more, but that's just not his. That's just not his mindset. He wants to make the team better, and he he does a, he does a heck of a job doing that. So uh, his jump shot has gotten man, it's gotten better and better every every day. He works on it every day, and it's going to keep getting better. I think that's going to be. I think that's going to just really complete his game once he starts shooting that more more confidently. He don't. He can shoot it. He just doesn't shoot in the game, but. I think that's the next step when he just starts believing and shooting that, and he'll be just fine. He's going to get better and better as it goes on. Ty, this is Lauren. I, I saw you a couple nights ago, and I was surprised. He only took one outside shot right. in that entire game and, and, and no threes. Can he be a three-point shooter in college? He can. He definitely can. Um, he um, he just doesn't, he don't want to, he doesn't shoot it. I mean, he shoots it effectively when he does shoot it. He just... That's just not his mindset, but I'm sure, um, I'm sure Illinois guys will get him right, give them more comfort to shoot it. But he had, he can shoot the ball. I'm telling you, he just he doesn't shoot it. I beg him to shoot sometimes, but he wants to. He likes to keep everybody involved, and he think I guess I think he, he just thinks it's easier just to because no one can stay in front of him. He just takes advantage of his size in high school. Yeah, well, he he likes to penetrate and kick, and he's got an eye for the yep. for the open guy. He had three long passes in that game the other night, where uh, down court, where he hit guys on the run for layups. I mean, just perfect long passes. He sees the court 
maybe better than anybody. I, I would kind of see him as, as kind of a point forward in the sense that I Illinois agree. will have Corbello at the point guard next year, but I would right. I would see him. They'll have some awfully good passers on that team next year, it looks to me like. Yeah, that's what makes that's what makes teams great. You have guys that's unselfish and, and make the play for the next guy. I mean, that's going to be great for especially in college that everybody everybody's going to be unselfish, like you said. And he can see the court. He's that's what I try to get him to try to shoot more because he's a step. He's a more advanced than most of the high school guys he plays with. So yeah. I'm like, they're not ready for that pass, Ty. It's a, it's a great pass come college, but right now they're not ready for it. He, he's always a step ahead because he's so much. He knows the game so well, and he's just—he's a smart kid. Well, let's talk about that game. I know you don't want to talk about it, but that game last night. What happened? Uh, oh my! Uh, Fifty-six to forty-nine. Uh, did yeah. they slow you down? They did. They definitely did. They got off early. Like we came out, they came out hot. I mean, we didn't—we weren't our defense. We weren't tough enough against them um, to start off. We, they got comfortable and they got going, and you know, it goes from there. They got going, and it's just and then we had to play catch up and. They play well when they're ahead. I mean, they use the shot clock, they pass, cut, they space us out, and they get any shot they wanted. I mean, without, with no shot clock in Illinois high school, it, it makes it tough when you get behind, especially against a disciplined team like that. They can make shots and can, can make the right play. And they, they you got to give them credit. They did a heck of a job. They got ahead. We started slow. You can't start slow come playoff time because these teams get better and better as it goes on. So you got to give them all the credit in the world. Uh, Ty, do you see the uh, shot clock coming into high school basketball in the future? It definitely needs to be, definitely, because in the in, you know in the summertime and then the Christmas term we play and we have a shot clock. It just it makes it makes basketball better. It's funner. It doing the college. They doing the NBA. I don't understand why we're not doing the high school yet, but I, hopefully we're trending toward that way. We need we have to get that done because it makes for a better brand of basketball. As you look at the at the remainder of the three A uh, tournament uh, that you got yeah. knocked out of last night, uh, uh, who do right, you see? Right, who right. do you see as a, as a likely uh, a winner of the three A? Man, I thought it was us, <laughs> but uh, um, I'm just, uh, since, uh, playing good as anybody. Honestly, they beat us. They beat a Hillcrest team that was the number one seed. They beat, they beat some teams, but they got to play Simeon. You know, it's a perennial powerhouse. Yeah. Talented team, so they're going to play them Monday at UIC. So it's going to be a tough task for them. But I, I mean, I, the winner of that game could potentially win it all. Honestly, so I mean, there's it's a lot of good teams still left. Like I said, but I, I, I wouldn't put my. I think the winner of this game has a chance to really win it all. Another minute or so with Ty Streets. Uh, your thoughts on the job that uh, Brad Underwood and his coaching staff has done over the last five years and uh, maybe uh, your relationship with that staff? Oh, yeah. They're doing a heck of a job. Um, like Underwood's a great coach. I've known him for a while from the Kansas State game, days with um, Jake Pullen. He went there when um, Underwood was there with, with Frank with Frank Martin was there. So I've known him for a while. Um, he's, he's, I, I, love, I love the way he coaches. He, I mean, I'm not saying I'm him, but – I love the demeanor on the sidelines. He's intense. I mean, I think the kids need that, and I think he's great for the kids. And he's great for getting the kids to the next level as well. So I think I think they do a heck of a job as staff. Of course, I know Tim Anderson real well, um, being part of the Main Street staff. Great dude, integrity guy, loves the kids. I mean, I think their staff is just awesome, one of the top staffs in the country. So I think Illinois is trending in the right direction with, with the guys they have. Well, we're looking forward to seeing Ty Rogers down here and uh, 
and maybe some of your future guys uh, down the road too. You never know. Right, never know. <laughs> hey, Ty, thanks for your time. Uh, tough luck on the loss last night, but a great season, and uh, thank, uh, thanks for taking time with us. I appreciate you having me. You thanks, bet. Ty. That's Ty Streets with us from the head coach at uh, Thornton in uh, northern Illinois up in Harvey. Good uh, season for them. They had a loss last night in the sectional final play. A couple of minutes before 10 o'clock, time now to announce our prize winner in the Game Day Spirit uh, weekly giveaway of a prize. This week's prize is a $50 gift card. All you got to do to get uh, involved in this and get eligible to win is uh, go to the DWS Facebook page or WDWS.com. Look for the Game Day Spirit icon Click on that and sign up, and we pull the winner out each week. And today's winner is Joseph Mattingly, a $50 gift card from Game Day Spirit. And uh, folks at Game Day Spirit are happy that uh, March Madness has begun. They're your one-stop shop for all things March Madness, from their NIL t-shirts and jerseys to the official sideline uh, bench t-shirts. They've got everything you need to be a big Illini fan. And they've got a new Kofi Coburn t-shirt. It's a game day exclusive design for what they call the baddest man in college basketball. The baddest. The baddest. You can shop those styles in the stores. Of course, two locations to go into the stores. You can shop them online as well. And a big game tomorrow night, of course, senior night at the State Farm Center for the Fighting Illini. Game day spirit, your Illini headquarters and uh, they're the proud sponsor of this show. And congratulations to Joseph Mattingly. He's the winner of this week's $50 gift card. We'll have another either gift card or jersey or something uh, to give away if you sign up next week as well. It is 10 o'clock, WDWS Champaign-Urbana, hour number one of Saturday Sports Talk, brought to you by Illini Pella, is in the books. We'll take a timeout, hour number two coming up. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Welcome back to the program, everybody. Hour number two, phone line remains open, 217-356-9397. Busy first hour, we talk things over with uh, Mike Kuhn on the uh, upcoming uh, change of the leadership of University of Illinois women's basketball, also high school basketball conversation in that uh, discussion. Kedrick Prince talked to us about uh, Illinois basketball recruiting. We just uh, completed about 10 minutes with Ty Streets the head coach at Thornton High School. And we're heading off number uh, two, hour number two. You know, you can go to the movies if you want to and see the Batman movies. We've got our own Batman (laughs) on this show, Steve Batterson. You can be Robin. (laughs) Who has covered Iowa for many, many years. Steve, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning. You're excited this time of year like we all are in college basketball and college basketball fans, but a big one Coming up tomorrow night at State Farm Center. I know you'll be here, but uh, tell us about the Hawkeyes of late. Uh, they're on a roll, winning, what, eight out of nine and six in a row. Yeah, eight out of nine. Uh, it's It's been kind of a, a 180 in the middle of the season. Uh, 
Jordan Bohannon, who was going to play the uh, the shooting guard this season, has been reinserted at the point, and all of a sudden Iowa found an offense. And uh, things had really kind of stagnated about a month or so ago, and uh, they lost to lost to Purdue, which obviously no shame there. And then they went to Penn State and lost in double overtime. And uh, the offense just wasn't flowing. And so Fran opted to uh, to go back to Jordan uh, at the point of you know roll of these filled for for five years and and uh, move Tony Perkins into the lineup. And and those two moves really seem to have kind of. Uh, uh, ignited and galvanized uh, uh, this team, and it, it's been an interesting month because uh, uh, really Iowa has uh, has looked like a different basketball team than it looked a month or so ago. Are they playing a better defense in, in this streak uh, this time as well? I think there's a little bit of that going on. Yeah, uh, you know, I think uh, um, you know the the big thing with Iowa is they like to push that tempo, and 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 you know defensively they they've been able to. Uh, to keep things kind of fresh and keep bodies at it. This, uh, Fran McCaffrey has referred to this as, as the deepest team he's ever coached. And, uh, you know, they kind of mix and match depending on opponents, but, uh, uh, this group seems to, to have it, uh, in sync on the defensive end of the court, uh, which is leading to some transition on, on offense that's been pretty successful. And, and Bohannon makes good decisions in terms of who he's feeding the ball to. And that's been, that's been one of the bigger things is that the ball is getting to guys in, in positions where they can score. And, you know, we've seen Connor McCaffrey, uh, heading into the Michigan game the other night had hit 11 out of 17 from three. And, you know, and that's not necessarily been his game. But uh, it's a byproduct of, of what I was getting offensively with, with Bohannon at the controls. Uh, Steve, this is Lauren. Uh, I, I saw uh, Iowa slipping into a zone on, on occasion, and it looked to me like that's pretty effective. I, I would think that they would try that at least uh, just as, uh, to throw Illinois off uh, in that game tomorrow. What do you think about their efforts with the zone? Yeah, I, I think it's been pretty productive. Uh, and, and, you know, it, Again, he's he's been kind of mixing and matching defenses, and uh, some of it has to do with personnel, and some of it has to do with foul trouble. Uh, on occasion, they've had a tendency to to, uh, to slip into foul trouble on on a few spots, but uh, uh, but yeah, their zone has has certainly been uh, uh, something that they've used a lot more lately than they were earlier in the season, and I, I think that's uh, uh, just a byproduct of uh, of this group kind of meshing together as much as anything. Uh, there, there, were, there was quite a bit of, of experimentation going on as, as they were kind of trying to claw their way back to 500 in the Big Ten, and they were on kind of that win one lose one roller coaster there for a little while. And uh, you know, lately, it's uh, things are working, and so uh, you know we've seen more zone, and I, I think that's been been effective against uh, certainly a lot of the teams that they've faced recently. In the center position, uh, I don't. Uh, I imagine that they're going to do all they can to double team on uh, Kofi, but they haven't really replaced Garza, have they? Not really. Uh, you know, uh, Philip Robacha is is a kid that transferred in from North Dakota. He's not really a true center. Uh, he, he plays that spot for Iowa, but uh, um, you know, he, he he's not Luca Garza by by any stretch of the imagination. He's a he's a kid that uh, you know he gives them pretty good effort. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they've, uh, they will mix and match a little bit. Chris Murray will be out there some with Keegan Murray, um, at, at times, uh, in that post position. And yeah, I, I would suspect they're going to try to have to have some sort of wrinkle for Kofi. Um, it's, uh, you know, you, you can't just let him go wild on you. And, and, uh, you know, I would certainly have some bodies to, to throw at him. And, and I think that's probably where things will start. 
I don't know if you checked this. Has, has there been? Is there anybody else in uh, college basketball with two sets of brothers on the same team? This this is the only only team that has two sets of brothers. Okay, there, there are certainly some other some other brothers out there, but uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of first names being thrown around in game stories and such because uh, you know both both the McCaffrey brothers and and uh, certainly the Murray brothers are, are are major contributors to to a team that's already matched last season's win total, which. When you when you think about what Iowa lost from a year ago to to get back to 22 wins this season, it's been pretty impressive. We're talking basketball with Steve Batterson from the Quad City Times. Phone line is open, two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Let's bring in Steve from Princeton to make it three Steves out of four guys on the air. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. Hey, good morning, guys. Enjoy the show. But I got a question for you, Lauren and Steve and. I was watching the game the other night. Jeff Suttles announced that Mac McCausland had died, and I just wondered if Steve and Lauren knew him. I did, uh, yeah, and, and uh, Steve Batterson did for sure. Yeah, I did not. I did not know him. I knew him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Mac was a long-time, long-time TV analyst and radio analyst, uh, um, a former Hawkeye player whose son Kent was a, a you know a terrific shooter uh, on some Tom Davis teams. Uh, uh, a couple decades ago, and uh, yeah, Mac uh, died kind of unexpectedly at the age of 75, um, uh, just uh, a couple weeks back. And certainly a, a wonderful personality, uh, a guy who would sit and talk basketball with with anybody who was willing to talk basketball with him. And and uh, he loved the game, and and uh, he certainly missed. And then the other question: I watched the journey this week, and I had tears in my eye the whole time I watched the journey piece. On Mark Davidson, former Illinois basketball player that's battling terminal cancer and was the high school coach of Caleb First, a Purdue freshman. But I would encourage any Illini fans to catch the journey and watch the tribute to uh, Mark Davidson and his battle with uh, cancer, terminal cancer. Okay, Steve, we appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Back to Steve uh, Batterson. Uh, you're your vote, uh, who's it going to be for Big Ten Player of the Year? You kind of have a situation like we have over here where we see a guy, uh, you know, every night in Kofi that we think he's certainly in the conversation, and he is, but you've got the same situation over there, don't you? Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Keegan Murray's had a, a terrific season. Uh, yeah, he's one of those guys you better enjoy now because you're probably not going to be seeing him next season in an Iowa uniform. But, uh, uh, you know, he's, and he certainly hasn't brought that up yet uh, but it, it certainly is on the radar so um, you know it, Keegan Murray's a tough matchup and uh, Tom Izzo brought it up a couple of weeks ago uh, post game that you know there, there probably isn't a, a more challenging matchup in in the Big Ten because of, of just his inside and out game and um, you know he, he can he can really score three levels and, and, and give you some some real issues and um, you know, I, I think uh, you know he certainly the progress from from last year to this and the role that he had to take on on this team. Uh, you know, he's certainly going to be in the mix when when the guys who have a chance to vote tomorrow uh, sit down and vote. They, they're going to have some really hard choices because there's some really top level talent in the conference this year. It's, it's kind of strange. It's almost like one player on every team is yeah. really really good, <laughs> and it's just you know yeah. It, it's uh, and and Purdue, I you know they've got the two centers, but and they got Ivy. You you would think they would have the best team, but Wisconsin has pulled it out. And and what 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 do you think about Wisconsin, uh, Steve? I I'm always I, I underrated them again this year. 
Yeah, I think everybody does every year. It seems like that's been been a constant for a long time. And you know, Johnny Davis is is terrific too, uh, and he certainly was against Iowa. They only played once this season, and and uh, that was in early January. Um, and you know, I, I certainly think that Greg Gard has, has done a terrific job of kind of meshing this team together. And you know, you you look at guys like Wall and. And, you know, certainly a veteran guy like Davison in the backcourt. I mean, it, it's uh, the pieces that fit together pretty well for, for the Badgers. And, and you know, they're, they're going to be a, a, a tough out in the tournament uh, for, for whoever ends up with them. What's new on the football side in Iowa City? Got spring practice coming up soon? Uh, a couple weeks yet. They typically wait until after spring break to, to get things started. So it'll be about the end of the month. The, uh, the big news uh, this week is that... Uh, uh, Brian Ferentz will be taking over uh, a role as as the quarterbacks coach. Ken O'Keefe, uh, who, who's been on staff there for for 18 of, uh, of Ferentz's uh, Kirk Ferentz's 24 seasons, uh, is going to take an off field role. Uh, Brian will take over as the quarterbacks coach, along with the offensive coordinator duties, which which makes a lot of sense. And then uh, Abdul Hodge will be returning to to Iowa City as as the tight ends coach. He's he's been coaching outside linebackers at, at South Dakota for the last three seasons, and that that hire uh, took place just a couple days ago. So this isn't um, a long term you know, preparation for Brian uh, Ferentz as a future head coach, is it? Well, I think it's I think it's uh, in some ways more of a, a response to uh, uh, criticism of Iowa's offense last year that, mm-hmm. that Brian was running, um, and, and I think that uh, um, you know it, it makes some sense to have the guy who is calling the plays to be involved with the quarterbacks on a, on a on a regular basis, and, and that that wasn't necessarily the, what was happening uh, in Iowa, and so I think this is as much as anything, just designed to bring a little cohesion to the operation and, and see if there's a little more uh, pr- productivity out of, out of the offense than maybe what there was a year ago, which, I mean, that was kind of a lingering issue is that Iowa's defense was awfully salty and, and, and pretty consistent from one game to the next, but the offense was pretty hit and miss. Well, back to the basketball game tomorrow night, Illinois and Iowa. The Illini, of course, coming off a 60-55 to 55 a win over Penn State a couple of nights ago. My guess is we won't see a score like that, but what do you expect to see uh, tomorrow night at uh, State Farm Center? Yeah, I think this is going to be, you know, not not unlike that game in Iowa City back in December. Yeah. I think it's going to be fairly high scoring, and, and uh, you know, whoever can kind of get hot down the stretch is probably going to have a chance to win this thing because it's two very good teams, and and I, and I think that, uh, you know, obviously, you know, being in Champaign and, and, and I presume it's senior day tomorrow night, yep. mm-hmm. uh, uh, will, you know, there, there'll be, uh, there's been, an, uh, I've sat through a few of those in the past and it, it's, uh, uh, on both sides of the coin and it, it's usually a pretty electric situation. And I think it's going to be a pretty tough challenge for Iowa, probably as tough as they've had in a few weeks here. Uh, you know, Michigan, they went to Michigan on, on Thursday night and, and won fairly handily, but, uh, you know, it's, Spring break week in Ann Arbor, and and the crowd was pretty small for a nine o'clock tip, and you know, so not really a, a very intimidating situation. So this will be the first one of those that Iowa's faced in a little while. So uh, it should be a should be a great way to uh, to wrap up the regular season and and send everybody over to Indy next week with with plenty of motivation on both sides. I'm sure. Thanks a lot, Steve. You bet. My pleasure. We'll see you over here tomorrow. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Take care, guys. You bet. That's Steve Batterson with the Quad City Times, covered Iowa for a long, long time. Not 
quite as long as you or me, but pretty close to me, because <laughs> I'm working on 40 years on on this beat myself. He mentioned about you know who who can get hot at the end will mm-hmm. win the game. That wasn't the case of the, the Penn State game. As no. neither team could score. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there there was, it was six minutes to go in that game. Penn State was shooting 22 for 44. 50% of their shots they'd made. They missed the next nine, including four misses on one possession. It was, you know, and they were good shots. At least on that possession, they were good shots because when you get a rebound, you always get a good shot. And uh, they just couldn't get one in, and, and Illinois survived it by uh, the defense survived it. We've got the phone line open. Let's go back to the phones. That number, of course, 217-356-9397. Alan in Montrose. Go ahead, Alan. Possibly say this might be the toughest game of the year, including the Arizona Purdue game. Well, I don't know about that. Maybe you know. I think I, it is just because of the time of the year that it's played. It's the last regular sure. season game. Yeah. Well, but they're playing as well as anybody in the country, in yeah. my opinion. And yeah. We're capable of doing that. So I'm wondering if this might not be the toughest game of the three. Might as well make it so, you know, <laughs> if, if that gets you ready to play, then uh, that's what you go with. But uh, you make a good point, I think it well, could be. It's, they're so much different because essentially they don't have a center that can compete with uh, Kofi. I mean, let's face it, Arizona did, and Purdue has two of them. Right. And that's all, you know, I, I don't know what they'll do to stop Kofi, although Purdue held him to seven shots the other night just by double and triple teaming. Every time that ball went to him, everybody just ran at him. And uh, I've never been, I don't recall, now, if we go back to Bruce Douglas, I do remember people dropping back to the free throw line on Bruce. There was no three-point shot then, right? I mean, he played in the mid-'80s, and the three-point shot didn't go in until 87. So you could drop back on on Bruce, and the best the best he could do was hit a two-pointer. But they stu- they didn't guard Coleman Hawkins or DeMonte. DeMonte Williams. I mean, that was stunning. They just uh, There was one time when DeMonte's on one side of the floor and all nine players were on the other side. They just didn't pay any attention. And they dared him to shoot, and he, sh- he took ten shots and made four. And Coleman Hawkins took four shots and made none. I'm talking about three-point shots. Right. And... I just wonder if other teams are going to continue to do that. I mean, it's a scary thought because that's the way to beat Illinois, apparently. The difference between Arizona and Purdue, in my opinion, is Keegan Murray. Neither one of those two teams have that. He can go inside and outside. Good stuff. What else you got? How do you think it's going to come out? I think it's going to be a wild game, and uh, I'm thinking like uh, your previous uh, Steve Patterson says, whoever's hot down the stretch of the game will win it. It's going to be a wild Sunday. Well, you always get a lot of good shots yeah. against Iowa, and they usually get a lot of good shots against you. That's right. I mean, that's just you just yep. can't hardly stop them, but they don't, they're not real good at stopping other folks. And I bet you if you go – and, and I, I, I haven't looked this up, but I bet you if you look back at the ten, last 10 or 15 years, maybe 20 years – of Illinois scoring against Iowa, check it and see how many points Illinois got. They got a lot. Yeah. And holding Steve, uh, holding uh, Bohannon down, we've done that in the last couple of games we played him last year and this year. 
Bohannon, I think, might be the key. Well, that's right, and that'll be Fraser's job. And Fraser got it, got himself into had a problem, had a serious problem against Penn State because Pickett was bigger and stronger, and he backed him down. I've never seen anybody yeah. run an offense where they just move everybody out and back the guard down. And and he was, you know, he's over two hundred pounds, and he's taller than 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 uh, you know he's. He's taller than Fraser, and, and he just simply backed him down and scored easily. He got 18 or 19 points in the game. But he didn't score in the We're last six minutes. Do, what? We're seeing a lot of teams do isos against us. Uh-huh. Yeah. Last few games. Yeah. Okay, Alan, thank you. Appreciate the call. We'll yeah. keep the phone lines open at 1021. We'll take a break and be back with more. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Stay with us. It is 1023, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly with you until 11 o'clock today. 217-356-9397 is the phone numbers. If you'd like to join us, let's go back uh, to the phones. And Harry is with us. Good morning, Harry. What's on your mind this morning? I'm good. I don't know. I haven't listened to the entire show this morning, but uh, has anyone brought up the uh, senior class award voting? Nope. Not this morning. There's a... Uh, a vote, a, a fan vote for seniors who I think have played at least four years of their college basketball career. And uh, Trent Frazier is one of the nominees, and he's currently second in the voting. Uh, player from Purdue is in first place right now, and I wanted to let all the fans know because Trent Frazier uh, is one of my favorite players, and I think many, many fans would consider him an outstanding player and uh anybody can vote and i think you can vote once per day it's called senior class award and it lists the nominees you have to select the sport apparently the award is given in multiple sports so you need to select men's basketball after you get to the senior class award website and then there's like maybe 10 nominees there and Trent's like the third or fourth name on the list, I believe. You just click on it and submit your vote, and you can vote uh, more than once. It's kind of like Chicago. Yeah, I had seen uh, <laughs> I'd seen that uh, early in the season and the fact that he was on there, so that's good information. Appreciate the call, Harry. Hey, thank you very much. Yep. And uh, okay. fa- fans can also do that uh, in voting for the uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award, too. Kofi Coburn is one of the finalists there that was announced uh, yesterday. So you can uh, also get involved in that. That's part. That's just an equation of uh, who wins that. But uh, I would think that'd be between he and Shebway of uh, Kentucky. Yeah. Although Drew Timmy's Tim, on there. Timmy's on there, and so he would be a consideration. But Shebway's going to win a lot when you when you figure what he's done. When you average fifteen rebounds, that's just extraordinary. And of course, he's he's been he's been a good scorer for them too. Just imagine a transfer from West Virginia. And here he is at Kentucky just going crazy. And you had somewhat of an interest, at least at some point, in coming here. And then Kofi decided to stay. You know, they, they were reaching out to him, and they talked to him mm-hmm. about uh, his uh, plans when he was ready to leave West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a couple of texts. We had a text earlier, why isn't uh, Adam Miller playing at LSU? He's been out all season with a knee injury, mm-hmm. so he didn't play at all. He got hurt in uh, preseason drills. Had a question on any update on Melendez, uh, Benjamin Bosman's Verdunct, or Grandison. No, but we will in about uh, 90 minutes. 
12, we, we got a 12 o'clock press conference with the coach. We'll talk to the uh, coach uh, at uh, noon. We'll get an update on that. We'll also talk to the seniors. Got another uh, question asking, um, will Kofi be part of the senior night festivities? We might learn that uh, coming up uh, at noon as well. Don't know that for sure. Yeah, I, I think that Io was last year. I'm not positive. I think he was, even though he was a junior. You you don't think so? I can't remember. I just remember no fans being there. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind I of could be old, wrong. I could be wrong. It's kind I, of a whole weird just, thing. I just I think we knew he was going to go, and sometimes right. when you know a guy's going to go, they they participate in that. But I I don't I don't know about Kofi. I mean that could go either way. But Kofi, uh, there, there's a massive uh, effort underway right now to get Kofi back next year. I'll right. tell you that. I'm talking about a money, a massive financial. Effort. I would say the fact that he's a junior and he doesn't know for sure what he's going to do, the answer would be no, but mm-hmm. we'll find out. We'll see. Hey, Jim, you're on the air with us in Champaign. Go ahead. Thanks, gentlemen. Uh, I've been out of town. Uh, I did see the Michigan-Illinois game on TV, or Michigan-Wisconsin game on TV, and I did some reading afterwards about the incident at the end of the game, but when I read Juwan Howard's apology, he never apologized to the man he struck, to my knowledge. Now, maybe I've missed something. There was a whole bunch of people and, and groups and whatnot that he apologized to, but the man he actually reached out and slapped, he didn't apologize to. I, I don't understand that. Maybe you've heard. Well, the guy, that wrote his, uh, the guy that wrote his apology the next day didn't think about it. That's the answer to that. Now, he didn't apologize to the Wisconsin head coach either. Or the guy he slapped. So you're right. But uh, unless he, he's done it privately, who, we don't know about that. But well, the, the, the second day apology was a lot different from the first day apology. It was, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was obviously done by somebody else, or else he just had a change of heart. Yeah, I don't know. Sad state of affairs. Thanks, gentlemen. You do a great job. Yep, appreciate the call. Thank you. 1029, Illini Pellis, Saturday Sports Talk. And if you've been thinking about uh, replacing the doors in your home, you probably know that the two most important doors, obviously, are the entry door and the patio door. Well, a trip to the Pella Window Store at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign can help clear up what could be an overwhelming situation and determining what uh, you might need for your place. Mike Mary and the team there at Illini Pella have been fixtures in this community and others throughout uh, the uh, states of Illinois, Indiana, and uh, Kentucky for more than 40 years. There are many options and many choices for windows and doors, and the Pella Window Store has eight patio doors at any given time on their showroom floor. They'll help you uh, not only decide what's best for you, they'll stand behind them with a limited lifetime warranty. The uh, Pella Store offers one-stop shopping, the products, installation, and, of course, financing. If you have some questions there, window and door shopping is not something you do every day, so you want to get it right. So do your research, set your budget, work with the pros at the Pella Window Store, then show off your new windows and doors to family and friends. Pella Window Store, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign, open Monday through Friday, 8 to 4, and Saturday by appointment. Check them out online at PellaOfChampaign.com. Squeeze in another call here before the break at 10.30. This is Dan calling from Madison, Wisconsin. Go ahead, Dan. 
So I have two things. First, I just wanted to correct um, in in the written apology, Howard did apologize to Krabenhoff, the guy who slapped. He did not apologize to Greg Gard. Okay. Okay. Um, but then I also wondered, you know, with the with the COVID eligibility rules of the Illinois seniors, do any of them have a year left, or are they all completely finished now? The four seniors don't have anything left. Granderson does. Oh, Granderson does. Yeah. He could come I was back. wondering. I, yeah. Granderson, I wasn't sure about. He is evidently. Uh, here, here's what I was told. I don't know if this is accurate. I was told he has made a decision not to return. I've heard that too. And, but I think technically so, he could. Okay, technically, okay. Okay, that's what I wasn't sure about. I wasn't sure about him, and and I know I knew Demonte and and Trent were done, but I wasn't sure about the other two guys. Yeah, well, so Plummer is. This is his fifth year. Yeah, right? he's a, he's a grad student. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything okay, else, Dan? That's all I had. Thanks. Okay. Nope, yeah. That's it. Okay. By sh- the way, we don't know the status of Granison. No, we don't. And we, I mean, he, he, that shoulder that shoulder was hurt. I'm real at, concerned at about finding that, that out. Yeah. Here in uh, at noon. So we'll uh, see what happens there. We'll take a break. We'll talk uh, with Jim Benson coming up after this timeout. He's over in Bloomington, covers ISU and. Uh, other uh, sports, high school sports as well. They have a new basketball coach, a familiar name to Illinois basketball fans, and we'll catch up with him in just a moment. Stay with us. We're back after this. Ten thirty-five, and I, fellas, Saturday sports talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly, with you until eleven o'clock. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven is the telephone number if you'd like to join us. Been a pretty active uh, Saturday morning, heading into a very active weekend in college and high school basketball. Happy to welcome back to our program our friend from uh, Bloomington, Bloomington Normal Area, Jim Benson with a panograph. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Good, Steve. How are you guys doing? We're hanging in there. You've been covering the uh, Valley Tournament and covering uh, a coaching uh, search at Illinois State for a head basketball coach. And when you and I talked earlier this week, we were kind of going to kick that around, kick the process around, and at that time, it didn't seem like there was a whole lot going on, and then it all broke yesterday that uh, ISU has a new coach in Ryan Peden, Ohio State uh, basketball assistant who served on the staff of John Gross for three years here in Champaign. So let's get your thoughts on uh, that hire. Was that a name that uh, had uh, come across your desk or somebody you have thought of uh, maybe when you were thinking about this? I guess I have to brag a little bit on myself, Steve, because he was one of the guys I had on my uh, top ten names to consider. So uh, once in a while, yeah, once in a while you get those things right. I had I had heard his name even before Dan Muller was 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 fired. Uh, somebody mentioned his name to me that he was one of the top assistants, especially in the Midwest, because a lot a lot of times schools like um, Illinois State kind of you know go in their footprint, uh, guys like that. So I kind of did a, a little research and I. I kind of looked at his bio, and I saw, obviously, with the John Gross tie with Illinois, he he knows the state of Illinois. He's recruited the state of Illinois well. So so I kind of threw his name out there, um, knowing that he would probably be somebody at least Illinois State would be considering. Um, and uh, they they did it. I told you earlier, uh, uh, the AD, Kyle Brennan, he, he kind of did a Ron Gunther kind of search uh he went into hiding, didn't talk to anybody, and that's probably the way you should do searches, especially nowadays. 
And it was a little little bit of a surprise yesterday that it, it came quite so soon after their season had had, had completed. Um, we were led to believe it was going to be between Selection Sunday and the start of the NCAA tournament. That was kind of the, the vibes they had been kind of throwing out there. Um, not quite sure why they did it now. Obviously, it, it was leaking at Ohio State, I think, was was the big thing, and they wanted to kind of get that out and get him here for a press conference on Monday, and then he'll go back to Ohio State and, and stay with them through the uh, NCAA tournament, and then he'll be back here full time. Well, Jim, it looked like that they just announced it. Uh, did they announce it right after the, the loss to Northern Iowa? Uh, yeah, they did about an, uh, an hour about an hour afterwards, Lauren. Okay. Uh, Matt, Matt Norlander of CBS Sports, he, he broke it right after the game, right right during their press conference, actually, which was kind of funny. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I think that kind of forced their hand a little bit probably. Okay. And what? Uh, why did Mullen not – do better. I mean, he's he's known as a, as a I think as a pretty good coach. I mean, was it recruiting? What was it? Yeah, I tell you what. You're right. Uh, the, the first five years, the, the fifth year, they uh, shared the Valley title. Um, a lot of people think they got snubbed at the NCAA tournament. Um, and in the last five years, Lauren, a lot of a couple things happened. Uh, their, their defense kind of took a downturn. Um, uh, he, he was known as a defensive coach. I mean, he was a defensive player when he was at Illinois State, and he really had they had a very good defense uh, when they uh, were doing well at Illinois State. Um, the, the last five years, the defense had slid quite a bit. Um, their discipline had slid quite a bit, too. Um, I, I always thought Dan Muller's downfall at Illinois State was he never recruited players like Dan Muller <laughs> to Illinois State. Uh, and by that, I mean uh, guys with uh, – High high basketball IQs, high high motors. And, you know they weren't high recruits out of high school, but you know they Dan got the most out of his ability when he played at Illinois State. He scored about 1,500 points, and he was on nobody's radar as a high school senior when he played over in Lafayette High School in um, uh, Indiana. He just never recruited that kind of player. He I think he took too many recruiting shots at guys who were uh, long and athletic, and they didn't. Didn't have uh, basketball IQs. Uh, I'm even watching the game yesterday, Lauren, when they're playing, and uh, Brian Jones, who was the interim coach. I mean, he had a couple of guys out there. They didn't know where they were going. Hmm. I mean, these guys, these are guys who are third years in their programs, and, and they don't know what you know where they're supposed to be on offense. I mean, it's it's just that kind of player that I think he took too many re- re- recruiting uh, hits on instead of you know getting guys like himself. And that that kind of that kind of surprised me actually. Now you got a game between Northern Iowa and Loyola for the championship. Is that right? No, it's a, a semifinal today. Semifinal. Uh, okay. Yeah, the other semifinal is uh, Drake and Missouri State. Okay. So does Loyola have to win the tournament to get in the NCAA? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, they're 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 on the so-called they're on everybody's last four in now. But I guarantee you, if they lose. And this, now next week you start having, you guys know, you start having the conference tournaments where yep. all of a sudden um, somebody somebody st- uh, wins that and now that, that another bid comes out of that league that nobody expected because they, you know, expected like an Iona, obviously, let's say Iona, to win their league tournament. 
And if they don't win their league tournament, Iona's probably going to the NCAA tournament. So I, Loyola definitely needs to win. And I think the Missouri Valley is just going to be a, a one-bid league this year. Back to the uh, coaching search there. I think the first name that a lot of people around here thought of when that job came open was, was Roger Powell Jr. with uh, his ties to the state of Illinois. Of course, his dad's the legacy there. Uh, I'm sure he was on that uh, top ten list of yours. He was number one, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, like I said, the AD hasn't talked yet. Um, I'm not really sure what the salary are gonna, is going to be. I, I have been hearing from other people that Illinois State was going lower than Dan Muller was making, and and if that's Muller was making about a little over six hundred thousand, I think. At the, and that when when Illinois State signed him to that contract five years ago, that was one of the highest contracts in the Missouri Valley at the time. Well, now it's middle of the pack. Um, if you want to get a top assistant, I think like especially like Roger Paul, he's at Gonzaga, obviously a national power. You know, if you're going to pay him four hundred thousand a year. I mean, I'm not sure he's that interested in that job, to be honest with you. I think he really and, – and they haven't released a contract uh, of, of Peden yet. We'll find out Monday. But um, I, I heard they were kind of lowballing some people. So maybe that's why that didn't happen. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, we'll probably never really know because nobody will ever talk about it, at least on the record. Uh, but, yeah, I thought Roger would have been a, would have been a, a great candidate. Talking to Jim Benson, Lauren Tate, a proud uh, – Modest, what is it was Monticillian? What is it? What is, <laughs> Sage. Well, yeah. <laughs> Just wonder why they call people from Monticello. But uh, he, he'd like a scouting report on Bloomington Central Catholic. They, uh, oh, yeah. They, absolutely. Uh, they tangle in the Elite Eight coming up Monday night. What do you know about them? Well, the, 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 the Saints are a, a young team this year. They, I'm pretty sure they start three sophomores and a freshman. No kidding. Yes. And, but their sophomore is a kid named Cole Serta. Really a good shoot. Really, really a good shooter. Uh, he scored 32 the other night. Um, he, he can fill it up. He can. I mean, he had. I think he had one game this year where he made nine three pointers. But if I'm not mistaken, I think Monticello beat them during the regular season. That's right. Right. So uh, it, it's a tall order for the Saints. Jason Welch is the Central Catholic coach. They won the uh, 2A title. I think it was 2014 or 15. Um, he's a he's a great coach. Uh, he's kind of from that area over there, you know, by you guys. Yes, he is. Um, yeah, he he he's a great guy, a great coach. This, their team has gone a lot farther than than anybody wrote, really thought. Um, I covered Normal Community last night, actually in Collinsville, and they got upset by Quincy, which was shocking to me. You know, it's shocking to me that Central Catholics in the super sectional and Normal Community is not. I'm just real, uh, I'm stunned about that. I thought Normal <laughs> was was going to be in Champaign for sure. Hey, Jim, always appreciate uh, catching up with you. Thanks for taking time. I know it's been a busy couple of days, but uh, always good to talk to you. Hey, guys, thanks a lot. Uh, have, have a good weekend. You Get too. golfing pretty soon, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Thanks. Jim Benson with the Pantograph. Do you play this week? I hit balls. I got three rounds in this week. I know. You're just Tiger. I'm I'm kind of going very slowly into <laughs> this is but next phase. The good news is... You have not yet quit. <laughs> well, I haven't, you haven't started, but you haven't, haven't quit. <laughs> I haven't suffered any major injuries yet, just minor ones, <laughs> hitting balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you got to know what your uh, limitations are. Right? I do. I if know nothing hurts after that, then you, oh, man. then you play nine holes and then you go from there. 
couple other texts here that have come in. Uh, somebody wants to know what time the seniors will be recognized tomorrow night. If you want to see that, just be in your seat by 6 o'clock for a 6.30 game. You'll get a chance to see that. And, um, you, and think, he, you think Kofi will be in it? I don't, but I don't know that. He is a junior. Yeah, he is. So maybe he'll... It's not junior night, it's senior night. No, that's right. So... But if you know you're leaving, you could you could be a part of it. But I the mean, last two years, he didn't know he was leaving. Mm-hmm. You know, he tested the water both times. Mm-hmm. And my well, guess he's is he's going to test the water again. Exactly. In more ways than one, he's yeah. going to test the water. But so you think I, he's going to test the overseas water? <laughs> well, that or the NIL water. <laughs> he's definitely going to test that. There was another text about Austin Hutcherson. What are we thought, uh, our thoughts about him? Coming back, that's and ever, a really ever, good question. Really I, I saw rotation. him out there the other night. Yeah. He's walking around. He's he just can't play. I, how many years is this? I've lost track. I don't know how many years of eligibility he might have. Yeah, I knew at one time, but I've kind of <laughs> kind of forgot. It's well, more than it, one. It's, it's absolutely. It's, it's a mean, couple anyway. Yeah. Ten forty six. We'll take a break. Be back with more. We'll keep the phone lines open till eleven. If you want to join us, uh, Brad Underwood will have a, his usual day before the game press conference at noon. We'll find out more of the uh, status of some of the guys that have been uh, dinged up, including Jacob Grandison, who hurt a shoulder, it appeared, the other night. We'll get an update on that coming up in an hour and 15 minutes or so. And we're back with more after this. Stay with us. Welcome back to the show. Lauren Tate has his guitar out. Playing with the Sports Talk Studio Orchestra, Studio Band. Playing a little lead guitar there. 217-356-9397. You want to join us here in the last few minutes of the show. And Marty down in Pinehurst, North Carolina, on the line with us. Good morning, Marty. Morning, Steve. Morning, Lauren. Lauren. Much, Much as I'd like to discuss how stupid baseball is, I've got a question for Lauren that I should know the answer to, having grown up in B-Mint, but I don't. Monticello was always known as a pretty good basketball school when I was a kid. And I know they've got a good team this year. A, have they ever won the state championship at any level? And B, have they been to the state tournament? I'm going to say no. But... Um... Certainly no. During all those years when they had to go through Champaign, uh, they oh, got yeah. to, they got to they they won the regional in, in Champaign when in 1950, but I don't think they ever did. You know, I, I don't think they never reached uh, the finals in Champaign. And uh, yeah, this, I, I know that I know that feeling. Well, I remember we Beeman had a good team one year, and we got the the privilege of playing Clyde Turner and Champaign Central. One year. <laughs> that was really nice. How'd that go? <laughs> not, not. <laughs> Clyde didn't have much competition from anybody in inside. Didn't go well, but you, you know, you kind of knew that was coming. Yeah, I just wondered. I'd, I, well, they're I just one game away this time, and of course, it's, you got four divisions now, and that's more divisions than they used to have. Yep. And uh, yeah, so, I was, in, I was in high school when they started the two-team. Uh, state tournaments, you know, the 1A and 2A, and people sure. were complaining about that. But uh, it, it was a little easier to get there if you were a small school. I, I When I was a kid, of course, I remembered uh, Pekin beating Cobden in the state tournament. Cobden was a really tiny school that doesn't even exist anymore. So I, I kind of like those. I wasn't, I wasn't born yet when Hebron won, I don't think. But, uh, oh, well. 
I, I miss the state tournament champagne. I'm glad it's coming back. Very glad. Might have an answer to your question. Uh, Marty, hang on. We might have an answer to your question there. Let's go to Mike calling from Tolono. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, morning. Yeah, I think Monticello in 2017 got fourth place in the tournament. Right. They lost both games in the tournament. That's it. Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, but they, yeah, but they, they, they were there. So. Yeah. Okay, right. thank you. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Whoa. I couldn't remember the year, but I knew it wasn't that long ago. That the, they yeah, I, was, there. I was thinking too far back, I guess. Marty, what else you well, got? I've been gone. I've been gone. Well, you might want to watch out for Penn State in the future. I like that coach. I've watched him coach a lot of games. And uh, he's not only got Purdue in his blood, he's also got NBA experience. And that's why Pickett was backing down Frazier and they were ISOing. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen as much of that uh, other than maybe Wisconsin occasionally. But I saw it uh, years ago when Hank Raymond brought Marquette into the assembly, then the assembly hall. And they had a 6-5 guard, and they, they went to a 1-4 and backed Illinois down all day. Well, here's my question <laughs> for you. Here, I, this is, this is, goes all the way back to Scott May. How can you, as an official, allow a player to dribble backwards and keep displacing Bump the defender? Off. What is legal about that? To, According to the rules, you're not supposed to be able to do that. But they don't call it very often. No, they don't call, call it, but, I mean, why not? It's called displacement, and, and that's gaining an advantage, and that's not supposed to happen. But I can't tell you why basketball – I mean, as you've said many times, it's almost an impossible game to referee in many ways. Well, Kofi but does some that, of it too. I mean, he displaces the other guy often. And, oh yeah. you know, oh maybe yeah. not straight back, but if he just moves the ones – when he moves to shoot, he displaces the guy. If, if he leans, he displaces the guy. <laughs> He, hey, he is. I've never seen anybody like him. Marty, good stuff. Appreciate right. the call as always. All right. I'm going to take a couple minute or two here now to uh, take fans down memory lane. As we mentioned at the beginning of the show, it was 33 years ago on this particular Saturday over in Bloomington, Indiana, when uh, Nick Anderson hit uh, the biggest shot in Illinois basketball history. Two seconds remaining. Yolanda will have the basketball. And we'll have the length of the court to go. Now, I remember this same situation down in the Austin P game. Remember that, Lauren? The Illini threw the ball to center court and called a timeout. One second elapsed, and then they got the ball into Kenny Norman, who had a good shot. The question is... That didn't make it. Well, I don't know who called that timeout. That was fast thinking on somebody's part, wasn't it? Well, here comes the long heave. I assume Steve Bardo will inbound it. And it comes to Nick Anderson. Long, long jumper. Anderson. God! Anderson hits it! Anderson hits it! Anderson hits it! Illinois wins! Illinois wins! Illinois wins! Illinois wins! Baby! Nick Anderson hit that ball from long range at the gun. The Illini win it 70 to 67. He was 10 feet. Ten feet beyond the line, the arc, when he caught the ball on the sideline, he took a dribble and shot it. He's at the bottom of a pile over here. I don't know if you'll ever see him again. I hope he didn't get hurt down there. The Illini all in a big uh, pile up there, down near one uh, foul line. With two seconds to go, they got the ball to Anderson, who launched a shot from how far away do you think that was? I'd say it was about 30, although uh, I'd say it's about 10 feet beyond the line. I'm trying to point to it. I think it's about 10 feet beyond the arc. 
Incredible. Two of the most believable shots, and I want to tell you. Lauren Tate and Jim Turpin on the call. I'm glad you didn't pull a hamstring uh, <laughs> jumping out of there. Congratulations. You know, why don't more teams pass the ball? I, mean, I see the ball thrown in. I, I said uh, in that broadcast, I said, now look here for the long heave. Of course you throw it down there. You don't throw it to the guy next to you. Do you see how many times in games where at the end of a game a, a player will just toss the ball in and the guy will have to heave it from his own Free throw line. And kudos to Ed Bond for riding the levels on the <laughs> the announcers there to make sure everything was legible in that. And uh, uh, good stuff there, no doubt. And only a couple of weeks later, Nick Anderson, when we thought he was coming back, changed his mind. Here's part of a conversation I had with him about that. Pretty sure you guys don't know the whole story. Uh, and the main reason, the very main reason that I left school was my mom. My mom was in a car accident that almost killed her. And uh, my parents had went separate ways at the time. So it was just me and my mom and my sister. And my mom needed help. You know, I couldn't, couldn't not stand by and, 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 and not help my mom and my, my family. So that was the main reason. If that wouldn't have, have occurred, I would have been here my senior season. But my mom needed the, the help, so that's that was my main reason. That's Illinois Hall of Famer Nick Anderson back in the day, 33 years ago. 10.56, we'll take a final break. Be back with some final words after this. Stay with us. Got about 90 seconds left on the program. We do have Bob standing by in Urbana. Go ahead, Bob, real quick. Yeah, real quick. Uh, the best uh, out-of-bounds play was the Quincy High School State Tournament uh, throw from uh, one end of the court to the other end of the court. The guy at the second end of the court jumped up, had, had passed the ball to a guy under the basket, and made a layup. That was it. Yep, Thank you. Bye bye. Yeah, appreciate it. Those were the Douglas brothers. Yeah, and that ball was actually over the end line it on the was. far side, and he caught it in the air. And when he came down, he was several feet beyond the end line, but he got rid of the ball back inside. That was a great play at the, the assembly hall. It's going to take care of things here on this edition of. Saturday Sports Talk brought to you by Illini Pella. Thanks to our guests, Mike Kuhn, Kedrick Prince, Thornton basketball coach Ty Streets, also Steve Batterson from the Quad City Times, and Jim Benson from the uh, Bloomington Panograph. Thanks to all the folks that uh, called in, and congratulations to Joseph Mattingly, this week's winner on the Game Day Spirit $50 gift card. So a lot going on. We'll see you, Mr. Tate. You, Mr. Bond, everybody else. Tomorrow. Tomorrow at the uh, State Farm Center for the last regular season game. So have a good weekend, everybody. And uh, this is Steve Kelly for everybody involved here. Thanks to Dave Leak, our executive producer, on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. <laughs>